So how how old were you when you found out you had this? Um, I was 26, and when I found out, I had gotten into an accident, and um, they thought that I had hurt my neck because I was started getting these really bad headaches that I just I couldn't do anything. Um, it like changed my vision, like it was just horrible. So um, they referred me, my doctor referred me to a um, neurosurgeon to talk to me about uh, getting my neck and getting neck surgery because I have a disc that's bad in my neck. And that's what they thought it was. Um, but then when I went to the neurosurgeon, he did um, some more tests and MRIs, um, which can you can see more of the brain. And that's where he, he was uh, noticed that um, maybe in that accident, I had made the problem, the Chiari malformation, because this is something I was born with. It was just that I got into this accident and it may have made the condition worse, which was why okay. I was having um, such horrible headaches and um, and um, symptoms. So um, that that's when I found out I had Chiari's and they kind of put me on medications for a couple of years. Well, I think it was about a year, but they wanted to do brain surgery. So, and then I had brain surgery. So, so, wow. That's, that's, I know, I, I know it's a lot, sorry. That's, that's quick from finding out to brain surgery. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking. And um, I was a single mom with two kids. So I had a two and a four-year-old um, at the time. And um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a shocking year to say the least. I would say so. Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. My guest in this episode is a friend and fellow Texas advocate. Melissa Newman is a Texas Compassionate Use Program patient with multiple chronic illnesses. For 15 years, she listened to many doctors and tried countless prescriptions that only added to her disability. Through this adversity, she learned about alternative approaches to healing. Her current regimen is a combination of plant medicine, diet, exercise, meditation, and immersion in nature. These conscious life changes have made all the difference for her. She currently volunteers at multiple nonprofits locally to connect and educate others on plant medicine and to try and improve our community, all while being a mother. She is committed to the significance of love and respect for our planet and those living on it. Let's meet Melissa and hear her story. Hello, Melissa, and thank you for joining me here on Gramps Place. Hello. How are you doing? Good. And yourself? I'm doing great. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Well, um, so I'm a mother and I'm an activist, um, an active community member. Um, I live with uh, multiple chronic illnesses, um, which include... Um, Chiari malformation, rheumatoid arthritis, degenerative disc disease, and PTSD. 
Um, I so um, I mainly uh, spend my days um, managing my illness um, and um, volunteering with different nonprofits locally to try and help the community with some food insecurity issues. Okay. Now back up a little bit. Okay. That first condition, you said it so quick. Uh, say it's, that again for me. <laughs> so the full thing is Arnold Chiari malformation. And um, it's a malformation. It's an incurable neurological disorder. Um, it's a malformation of your brain when your brain is too big for your skull. So okay. uh, the very tonsil of your brain um, seeps into your spinal cavity. Mm. And um, it pinches off um, the spinal fluid. Um, I had a decompression surgery in 2006, um, and they removed a piece of my skull. So I have no skull in like the back, but back portion of my head. And they do put like a mesh guard, but, um, that was to relieve the pressure on my brain. And, um, it, it helped, but I still had some of the symptoms, um, the active symptoms of Chiari malformation. Um, which is like headaches and neuropathy um, and, and, you know, pain. So it, it's, it's a lot of headaches. It's, and I mean, a Chiari headache is not like a regular headache. It's like um, it can be from a migraine to like cluster headaches. So it's like you have a headache and then that headache somehow <laughs> like triggers another headache. It's, it's mm. very strange. So then yeah. it, it ends up being this like cycle of, pretty much headaches. So I probably had years of headaches and took a lot of medications to try and get them to stop. I had some complications when I had surgery, um, which caused me to have um, seizures. And um, so uh, I took anti-seizure medicines for several years. So how, how old were you when you found out you had this? Um, I was 26. And when I found out, I had gotten into an accident and um, they thought that I had hurt my neck because I was started getting these really bad headaches that I just, I couldn't do anything. Um, it like changed my vision, like it was just horrible. So um, they referred me, my doctor referred me to a um, neurosurgeon to talk to me about getting my neck, getting neck surgery because I have a disc that's bad in my neck. And that's what they thought it was. Um, but then when I went to the neurosurgeon, he did um, some more tests and MRIs, um, which can you can see more of the brain, and that's where he he was uh, noticed that um, maybe in that accident I had made the problem the Chiari malformation because this is something I was born with. It was just that I got into this accident and it may have made the condition worse, which was why okay. I was having um, such horrible headaches and um, and um, symptoms. So um, that that's when I found out I had Chiari's and. They kind of put me on medications for a couple of years. Well, I think it was about a year, but they wanted to do brain surgery. So, and then I had brain surgery. So, so, wow. That's, that's, I know, I, I know it's a lot. Sorry. That's, that's quick from finding out to brain surgery. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking. And, um, I was a single mom with two kids. So I had a two and a four year old, um, at the time. And, um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a shocking year to say the least. I would say so. Um, 
So are brain surgery and, and pressure relief basically the only kind of treatments they offer currently or? Yes, yes, brain um, decompression surgery. It's um, lumbar decompression, I think that's what it's called. Mm. There's, mm -hmm. um, it's a small group, I mean, I found some community online, but there's a small group of people who have it and um, it's, it's interesting, um, you know. Certainly. Uh, I, I I don't think until recently, until I was uh, off of all the medications, that I was able to start understanding my illness more. I mean, the longer you are ill, the more you can start to understand it. Um, well, yeah. Some of the neurological symptoms um, that I guess I just didn't understand at 26, too. <laughs> I mean, I was young, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, yeah, that's. That's a lot to swallow at 26. I mean, I was I was 45 when I when I got the diagnosis of of my blood disorder, and uh, that was a shocker at that yeah, point. It is. Shocking. Of course, you know, I mean, they immediately threw me into. Uh, well, well, I mean, it it first started out with regular GP, right? I was complaining of certain symptoms, which was my, my feet and ankles hurt and bothering me. Right. And, and then, um, uh, it was, you know, I went, of course I was already in that cycle of every six months going to have blood work done because I was on the blood pressure and high cholesterol meds. So, um, I made the complaints and she did the blood work and then she calls and says, Something's a little off. Let's do another blood check. So we did without fasting this time. And uh, then it was, uh, well, that should have been better, but it wasn't. Um, so let's do a urine analysis, you know. So then it was, I did that. And well, that didn't show anything. So it was, I was literally walking out of the, the, the building that I was constructing at the time, because back then I was still in the field as a, as a job site foreman, not sitting behind a desk like I do now. And uh, the phone rang, saw it was the doctor's office, so I answered it. It was the nurse, and she says, are you busy? And I said, well, I'm at work, but I'm going to lunch right at the moment. Why? She said, well, the doctor wants to talk to you. And the doctor never talked to me about test results. Right. Ever before, you know. Uh -huh. Okay, put her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so she gets on the phone and she's like, Chris, and I'm like, yeah, doc, what's up? And she she said, well, you know, you know what we did with your blood, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. She said, well, the urine didn't show anything. I said, okay. She goes, well, I'd like you to go see a hematologist. I said, okay, set it up. Well, I wanted to talk to you because I know how you are about doctors and blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and I'm like, <laughs> who, me? And I, no. <laughs> no. So anyway, she says, um, but I, I just want to talk to you because he's also an oncologist. And I said, oh, okay. You're like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, he, you know, so I, I just said, uh, well, same thing. Set it up. Okay, we'll set it up. So I get a call I from. Say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get a call like two, three days later from Texas Oncology. We got a re we got a, rec a referral from Doctor Knight. Blah blah blah. You know, so I go, and I walk in, and she's told me nothing other than something was a little off in my labs, right? Mm -hmm. So I go in, 
first thing I do, I sign in at Texas Oncology, and the next thing I know, they call me up, so I figure I'm going back to see the doctor. No, I'm going to the lab. And I go to the lab, and they, they I'm sitting in a chair, and she straps the thing on, you know, pulls it tight, and gets me ready, and she sticks the needle in, and nine vials. That's crazy. At least eight inches long and, and an inch around. Big old thick ones, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, are you going to leave sure? me any? <laughs> you know? And she was like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> you took at least a pint and a half, you know? But anyway, I, so then they send me to a room. Yeah. Okay, so I sit down. I'm sitting there five, ten minutes. Here comes Doc. Comes in, big old dude, big hand, shakes my hand. How are you today? I said, I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he goes, well, how much has your doctor told you? I said, she told me to come see you. That's what she told me, you know. And he goes, well, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you like it is. We think you have leukemia. And I went, shit. Okay, um. you know, and of course it went from there. He said, and he told me, he said, we'll know. He said, today is, I think it was a Wednesday. He said, I'll know by Friday. He said, if you don't hear from me Friday, it's not leukemia. I didn't get a call Friday, so I'm like, you know. <laughs> Damn, dude. But so it, it was Monday. The, the Monday was Memorial Day. So I definitely didn't hear anything Monday, right? So Tuesday, I get a phone call. It's a nurse. Uh, doctor wants to come in. He wants you to come in for a bone marrow biopsy. Mm. Why? Well, he saw something in your blood work. What did he say? I don't know. He just told me to call you and tell you to come in for a bone marrow biopsy. I'm like, okay, we'll set it up. She's like, you don't understand. He wants you to come right now. I'm like... Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Of course, uh, the, it was negative yeah. for cancer at that point. So that it was a good though. thing. It took two weeks to get the results, which sucked. But anyway. Oh, so, I bet it was a hard two weeks. Yeah, it was. It was harder for her than it was me. Yeah. Because is. I made the decision to not come home and get on the computer and start researching the disease that he told me they suspected I might have, right? Mm-hmm. I said, because well, he told us at that point when he did the bone marrow biopsy, he says, it's, it's, you've got these M proteins. He said, you're what we call M positive. He said, now the next step is to determine at what point you're at. And we both looked at him and were like, what do you mean? Is it's either cancerous or it's non-cancerous at this point. That's all we can tell you. He said, we won't know for till we do this test and we get two weeks go by and we get the results. You know. Like, well, it's 50-50. <laughs> okay, so we I jump on the table. They, they poke a hole in my hip bone, you know, while I'm awake and draw out some oh, no. bone marrow. That was real fun. I'm sure there wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. But anyway, so 
but she came home and she sat down at her computer and went to town. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it was it was harder on her. So how did you come to the realization that cannabis might help you? So I um I've smoked, you know, um probably I don't know, probably last 10 years at least. Um, and it wasn't until a, maybe four or five years ago that I realized that it was medicinal, um, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was, you know, out of somebody saying, you know, somebody saying, hey, you should try this. You know, I've, I've heard it helps people or whatever. And I smoked cannabis when I was a teenager, too. So, I mean, it wasn't I wasn't strange to flower for sure. Um but you know i just i didn't understand that the medicinal power of it so i guess four years ago i saw some um tv show it was like daytime tv show and they were talking about cannabis and how it was helping people and um it was what really it interested me was that um they were talking about how people were getting off opioids with cannabis Mm -hmm. um, just like a rehab in um colorado which I just thought was like the most amazing thing. Um, I had um, been on opiates for a long time and getting off of them is really difficult. So oh, yeah. um, uh, it was something that I wanted to, cause I know that um, it didn't, it, it, it definitely hindered my ability to um, live a normal lifestyle at all. Um, and uh, you know, I, I didn't like driving. I didn't really like going anywhere cause I couldn't drive or do anything. And I mean, it, we all know after the last couple of years, like that kind of behavior of not going anywhere or seeing anybody and doing anything, it does affect your, um, you know, your mental health, your, your ability to live a happy, help, joyful life. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us all the different ways that you're using cannabis as medicine today. Uh, I mean, you're talking about chronic pain, neuropathy, uh, what are some of the other symptoms that you're using it for, and how are you using it? Well, so um, I also have RA, um, which is uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an autoimmune disease, and it affects your joints. And um, so I have a lot of joint pain, um, neuropathy, I get headaches. Um, uh, it's joint pain and stiffness, and um, there's multiple things I do. Um, with cannabis um, and the reason, you know, cannabis helps me um, to be able to move enough to get to the gym, if that makes sense. Um, it, so it that does. I can move and get those in, those in, those natural endorphins, and which is a really good painkiller. So um, I, for me, I use cannabis as like a tool um, for my healing. It's not the um, all um, give all and the, the best thing in the world. Like sure. I think cannabis is awesome. But um, there's other there's other tools that I also have to use um, in my healing, um, okay. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, what are some of the other tools you use? So I mean, it is exercise, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I I eat um, I I I eat very very little meat um, or anything that causes inflammation in the body. So um, certain vegetables cause inflammation in the body. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, neuropathy, all those things are um, basis. Um, the reason why it hurts is that inflammation inside your body. So I, I, um, 
mindfully try to eat things that don't cause those inflammations, fast foods, things like that with lots of sodium, um, anything like that is going to cause inflammation. And I notice it. I feel the inflammation. And um, if I have a flare, like cannabis helps me get through that flare. Um, am I am I still feeling pain? Yes, I'm still feeling um, pain. It's not a um, it's not a it's not a pain um, blocker, I guess, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't block the pain, but it helps yeah. me be able to um, in my head and um, relax enough to be okay with the amount of pain that I'm in, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I figured you could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely the, the way I explain it is it's not necessarily pain relief, but it's relief from all the tension that pain yeah. causes. Yes, yes. Which is, in my opinion, 70% of the battle of dealing with pain oh, is yeah. the tension that it causes. I mean, for me anyway. I mean, so. Um, no, but pain is really a funny thing, and it's a multifaceted. Like, you, there's, there's a lot of different approaches to um, getting um, out of that pain bubble, I guess I would call it, because it really is. It feels like you're in this bubble of, like, um, hurt and, 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 and like you said, pressure. So. Well, it's, 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 a, it's almost like a, a vicious circle. I, I compared it in the past to, uh, the hamster being on the wheel. Oh, yeah. who's running and running and running and running and he doesn't know why he's running and he's not getting anywhere but he keeps running <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and the cannabis like puts a stop to the the cycle of the pain if that mm -hmm. makes sense. it's like it stops the running and makes you go wait a minute relax a minute ease yeah, up yeah relax it's like maybe i need to go take an epsom salt bath like it, it, once i've smoked I, then then i start realizing the other tools that are available to help me um, feel better because I mean nobody wants to be in a lot of pain so you have to no. be able to I mean I, the pain isn't I don't have, like you no choice there's it's going to be there and yeah. the way that I look at it and the way that I approach it um and how I'm going to deal with it on a daily basis you know I could be angry I was angry for many years <laughs> that I was in pain you know but, you know, when I came to terms with it and then, I'm, you know, it's not going to go away, how am I going to be able to handle this on a daily basis is really what seemed to matter to me. And yeah. I think for all patients, I honestly, I think everybody should do that approach pain in a different way. Um, I think some of the, and this might be on a different subject, but I think some of the issues that we have um, with pain patients is the um, is the opioids and we think that like a pill is going to um, get rid of that pain and yeah it blocks the pain but it's not it's not helping us aid aid ourselves in healing no and 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 at least 50 percent of the time from my experience this is from my personal experience at least 50 percent of the time what the opioids do while they block the pain like you say while they're blocking that pain, you're doing things that are further injuring yourself, mm -hmm. which in turn creates more pain. So now I need more opioids. And I think <laughs> Big Pharma knows it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I, Which um, that's we could do a whole yeah, show we, on we that. Could really, we could do a whole show on how. Yeah. We could do a whole we just, month's yeah. worth of shows on that. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they were in the business for healing, they would celebrate when their stocks go down, but they don't. They celebrate when their stocks go up. So they are clearly not into the business of healing. No, they're in the business of profit. Yes, which is you not know, okay. <laughs> which is, which is, uh, you know, that comes us all the way back tenfold to how cannabis became illegal in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> greed. Greed. It's one word called greed. That's mm. it. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, y'all. Are you enjoying the guests and subjects Gramps is bringing you each week? Did you know Gramps does this all on his own? No production team and no producers. Just Gramps. Please consider making a monthly contribution to help Gramps continue to do what he does in an effort to educate, agitate, and motivate millions to get involved. It is as easy as clicking on the link in the show description that says, Support this podcast. It can be as little as 99 cents per month. As always, Gramps thanks you for listening and for your support. Welcome back to Gramps Place, the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things of public interest. At any rate, you also, uh, because you 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 want to spread the word, etc., you do quite a bit of activism and volunteer work. Tell us a little bit about that. So I currently volunteer with um, Unity Unlimited through Opal's um, Opal Lee's Farm. Um, they're a nonprofit um, locally. Um, they are. Um, um, addressing food insecurity and food deserts in um, the Fort Worth area. So, I mean, I don't know if you know what a food desert is, but if it's if there's no stores with fresh food or anything in an area, that would um, mm-hmm. equate to a food desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they're um, setting up different farms, um, different urban farms um, to help support the community. And um, they do a lot of uh, different community outre- outreach, and um, it's really it's really fun. I'm learning a lot about farming, um, soil, and um, kind of everything. I'm I've always really been interested in it, but you know this experience has been um, really fun. So it's good to be able to get out and help the community, and also learn something that I may use in my future. So cool. So are there any foundations, et cetera, you know, where people can donate or get involved with? research on on this this condition i can't i can't wrap my head around on how to pronounce it i can look at yeah, the way it's yeah. spelled and i keep i know i'm gonna say it wrong <laughs> yeah uh, it's funny because I'll, I'll go to doctor's offices and they'll be like chiari and i was like it's not chiari it's chiari <laughs> like the doctors can't even pronounce it so it's okay don't worry that makes me it. feel better anyway Um, are there any foundations or or anything where people can donate for research or 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 anything for ways to help this condition or um, you know there's definitely chiari um there is a chiari association um which you know please do um we we know what's gonna what helps with chiari's i mean it's the it's the surgery and i'm i'm sure there are 
ton of people who cannot afford and aren't able to have those surgeries. So mm. I mean, there's definitely I I don't have any groups. I probably should have looked them up. But um, I'll, I'll look and see if I can find anything. If I do, I'll post it in the show notes. But, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a really interesting um, disease, and uh, I'm glad to be talking about it. Well, I know we we had talked about it before, you know, in person, and yeah. and I, when you first told me about it, I was like, wow, that's <laughs> different. That you know, I mean, I, I in all honesty, you just no, no, yeah. Well, in all honesty, I mean, I've heard about that type of scenario in different animal species, but I'd never heard about it in humans until I met you. And, oh. and I mean, well, um, I, there's there's lots of us. There's there's a few of us that have it. Oh, so. I mean, I yeah, I, I realize it's not an uncommon condition. It, mm -hmm. it, no, it's, people have it. Yeah, it's I mean, just, it's I, just I, like, I like the I have the very mildest form of it. You know, there really? are where there are way worse um, when children get it, and there's other forms of ARDS that are way worse. Um, they have like hi, um, hydrocephalus, I think it is. Um, mm when the uh there's too much fluid in your brain so you're mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. your brain has like a cavity and there's fluid that keeps it all happy sure. i mean i i really do like um people would never know i mean that's why i talk about invisible illnesses because um there's a lot of ableism um around and people oh, don't absolutely. realize somebody right next to you could be um you know, uh, ha in extreme pain or, you know, um, have neurological disorders and they, you know, uh, you wouldn't know. So, yeah, I, I post on a regular basis. Uh, well, I share it every time I see it. There's a, a particular uh, meme or photograph or graphic, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I'm sure you've seen it. You've probably seen me post it. Um, but it's it's it basically says something along the lines of of people wonder what nerve pain feels like, and it's a picture of a person's legs wrapped with barbed wire and bleeding. Oh yeah, you that's know exactly what it feels like too. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, every time I see that, I share it because it's exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well at any given moment. It's not all the time. It might just mm -hmm. feel like a slight burning. I'll be sitting in my office at work, you know, and my boss is right across the hall from me and, and I'll be in there going, just stomping my feet on the floor. And he goes, stop it. And I go, I can't. <laughs> you know, I always sit with my feet up. Like I can't sit with my feet on the ground because it hurts. It literally mm -hmm. hurts to mm -hmm. my feet to be sitting on the ground. Like, the toes mm -hmm. started going numb. Yeah, it just. Well, you know, it's just like we put my feet in shoes. Mm -hmm. it, it, I put them on in the morning. They feel fine. By nine or ten o'clock in the morning, it feels like my feet are swelling up in the shoes when they're not. But that's what it feels like. Yeah. And it just feels like they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger all day long. Mm -hmm. It just. <clears throat> That's why you always see me in barefoot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, boss, he come in. He comes in my office all the time to ask me a question about something, and he'll come around my desk to look. I got two big screens on my desk, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll try to show him what he's asking me about, and he'll come back there and he go, "You got your damn boots off?" I go, "Damn right I do." I'll be just rubbing my feet together, you know, just 
Trying to get that's a little how, feeling back in. <laughs> that's how you get by. I mean. You just got to do what works. Yeah. I mean, I mean what else? What other alternative do we have? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> that's the sad part about it. You really, really don't. No, you don't. Oh, well. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful thing that even, <laughs> this is hard for me to say, even here in the state of Texas, we're starting to get some help and some relief yeah. in a legal manner. Yeah. Uh, you you have recently become a teacup patient, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just recently, uh, last week. Last week. So yeah. so have you received your first meds yet? Or I did. I got them. Um. So yeah, it was last week. I um. I picked up my meds, so it was a little bit over a week that I got my prescription. It was only a couple of days, and I could pick up my meds. Um, it was um, way easier than I thought it was going to be, to say the least. Cool. Um, I went through a link that I had gotten at um, that I picked up at a, a cannabis event, um, the Hemp Victory event, mm-hmm. and um, Hemp for Victory, I think it was, yeah. and it was like the um, QR code was on there. It was super easy, and um, they linked me up with the doctor, and um, you had to like down give them some of your medical records and talk to them for like 15 minutes maybe, and and then I got a prescription for cannabis. So I don't know. It was super easy. Uh, the meds are um, it's it's different to change your meds from the traditional market. Um, to more regulated meds. So I'm still trying to kind of figure out what um, dosages or the wording they use is um, dispensing. I'm not sure about that word, but (laughs) dispensing Mm -hmm. of the medicine. So I'm still trying to figure that out, but I'll figure it out eventually. I mean, I've been doing it with the traditional market for such a long time, not even knowing what I'm taking most of the time. So um, yeah. It, it's really, it's kind of cool that I can um, keep record and keep track and know um, what's helping, you know, what I need to. Um, Actually see how many milligrams you're yeah. taking of what and, yeah. and all of that versus black market. Oh, hey, look, I got a bag of yeah. weed. Yeah, I got a bag of weed. I mean, and I, I think, I still think smoking is, um, or the flower smokable is um, uh, very good for like pain. It's an, it's more immediate than um, you would say. Absolutely. Here in, in Texas, we can't we we don't have smokables. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just kind of trying to um, deal with what we what we do have. Um, but you know, I still think that the laws need to be improved more. So. Well, I mean, uh, there's a tweet that I put out every single day. And it's to the president asking him, can we sit down as two fathers who both lost an adult son yeah, and have a rational conversation, you know? And uh, I keep getting no response, obviously, but I don't expect any either. But I'm going to keep sending it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, of what you just said. Hopefully you know. he'll respond to you because it's true. And I mean, we, I all mean, patients, all patients deserve this, this right to be able to choose. I mean, we shouldn't have to have to, we shouldn't have to justify our use for cannabis. Like it just, there's no need. It, we, if, we know it has medicinal value. If <laughs> I, I don't want to argue. Make, 
if I can make my own beer and wine, yes. I should be able to grow my own weed. Yes, yes. Period. Yes. Because I'll guarantee you, contrary to the Controlled Substances Act and the schedule of cannabis, there is, are a ton of medical benefit to cannabis, and there ain't but one or two to alcohol. Right. And the difference here is alcohol can kill you. Right. Cannabis can't. Yeah. I mean, I, there there's no other way to look at it than that right there. That's as plainly and as simply as it can be put. And it's time to... For, so, for, forgive the proverbial, proverbial phrase, it's time to shit or get off the pot, in my opinion. So, do you, in your opinion, what do you think What do you think the reason is that he's not legalizing it? Joe Biden? Yeah, federally. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. Number one, I think he still lives in the dark ages. Uh, still believes in the stigma? Uh, I think he does to some degree. Uh, I think he's kind of turned the corner a little bit based on some of his statements, but I think he still lives in the dark ages and believes in most of the stigma. Uh, and then there's the other aspect. Nobody, especially a lawmaker, wants to ever admit they were wrong. Yeah. And he pioneered an awful lot of our current drug laws. At the federal level, right? So, I mean, really, whether he's changed his mind and his thought process and his opinion or not, the question is whether or not he's man enough to admit it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And he, sadly, knows because he's been in the political scene for over 50 freaking years, uh, he knows how to play the game better than anybody. I mean, well, I won't say better than anybody. He knows how to play the game as the rest of the best of them. Because that brings me to my next point. What people need to understand, it's a wonderful thing what states have done on their own level, what states have done it in terms of legalizing cannabis, both medicinally, especially medicinally, as well as on the recreational side or adult use, however you want to call it. But uh, until the United States of America as a whole recognizes it, it's still illegitimate on a national scene. Yeah. You know, as far as the, even though there are other countries that are legalizing it, the world looks at what the federal government of the United States says as what the bookmark of the USA is, right? So USA hasn't budged on cannabis legalization as far as the world scene is, is attributed. And that being said, uh, it's hard to just flip-flop on that from a presidential standpoint. The thing that I think people don't understand is it's not up to the president to do it. Now, he has the ability to expunge records, yes, and he did make statements of that in his campaign, and he should own up to that. But the problems we have at the federal level, not just in the cannabis 
frame of mind from all aspects. The problem we have at the federal level is inaction, which is brought upon or brought about by partisan bullshit that don't mean a damn thing. Like I keep telling everybody, they all go to the same parties together up there in Washington. Whether they got an R by their name or a D by their name, don't make a damn bit of difference. They're all up there rubbing elbows. What they do in front of the camera, <laughs> you know, people talk about yeah. professional wrestling and what, you know, how it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what fucking that's what they are. United yeah. States politics has become. Yes, I agree. I mean, think about it. It's, yeah, it's no, just probably. another version of professional wrestling. We got to go out there and put a show on tonight. I can see old ass Mitch McConnell going, I got to go tell him this. And I know you're going to say that, but you tell them and give them hell, all right? You know? <laughs> and they go out there and say their big speeches. I guarantee you that's what's going on. <laughs> They're all in cahoots. And they look back at us and go, ha, 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 look at them. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? Anyway, <laughs> I want to thank you, Melissa, for coming on and telling your story. It's, it's, I know it's got to be hard to talk about personal conditions and and various things. I, I know from a personal standpoint, it can be. So I, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story uh, because through these kind of stories, I believe we truly get the word out and the message out that cannabis can be a helping hand. Yeah, that'd be wonderful too. Thank you, Chris, for um, inviting me. And, um, you know, the whole community, I mean, this is, I couldn't do this alone and I can't do this without support from people like you. So I really, no, I don't think any of us could, it it takes it, it, each other, it takes all of us to do it. Absolutely. Gramps place where Gramps and his guests discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing here in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. Gramps talks with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Be sure to subscribe where you get your podcasts or visit GrampsPlace.net today. And as always, thank you for listening to Gramps Place.